Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know, I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Money is, is something big and scary, but very important, and there's never enough. And then we have our own expectations. I feel like expectations is a really important word here because expectations make us anxious, both other people's expectations or what we think are other people's expectations and then our own expectations. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here.
Did you know that your anxiety can actually be harnessed and turned into a superpower? Coming from someone who is an anxious achiever and does have anxiety, which let's be honest, we all do to some degree, how could we not in the world we live in? I love this idea that our anxiety can actually be a catalyst for growth. Our guest, Maura Aarons Mele, host of the Anxious Achiever podcast and author of the book, Anxious Achiever, emphatically believes that you need to start normalizing anxiety in all areas of life, especially in the workplace. So you can hopefully avoid the burnout that happens to so many of us. When you stop hiding from your anxiety, stop wishing it would go away or stop acting it out mindlessly like a lot of us do, you know, grabbing that extra snicker bar or (laughs) having that shot of vodka or just avoiding or micromanaging and trying to control things, being perfectionistic. When we actually name our anxiety Frank. I love that. Such a great example. And interrogate it and ask it, what are you trying to tell me? Why are you here? Why is this happening when I see this email pop up on my screen? When you take the time to listen to it, notice it, and then manage it, it becomes your superpower. In this episode, Maura breaks down how you actually normalize anxiety in the workplace. Like, is that actually a thing? How to handle negative feedback without wanting to crawl into a hole. And yes, how to turn your anxiety into something that is undeniably used for the good in your career. Let's learn how to embrace our anxiety. Let's start today. All right, let's start talking. Maura, I'm so excited to have you on Everyone's Talking Money. Thanks so much for being here. I'm so excited, Shauna. It's been it's been great to follow you um, <laughs> and your great work. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm in good company with yourself. And we're, we're talking about a subject today that is heavy, but I know that it's a really important one. I was really looking forward to talking to you uh, about this idea of being an anxious achiever. It is certainly something that I can relate to. And both my husband, Jeff, and I, we both struggle with anxiety. And, um, you know, we have conversations about how anxiety shows up for both of us. Um, He actually even named his anxiety. (laughs) He calls it Frank. (laughs) He's the producer of the show. So he gave me gave me full permission to, uh, to disclose that. But, you know, for me, I can really see how, how anxiety has sometimes led to just just burnout really stopped me from doing certain things in my career. And, you know, really kind of got in the way of me getting ahead. And you shared that anxiety affects over one third of Americans. And I would, I would even think that that number might actually be higher. But that anxiety at work, especially among leaders, has been this taboo topic, right, that we, that we haven't really talked about. However, you say something really powerful, that our anxiety can be a superpower. I love this. So <laughs> how do we turn the things that makes us, makes us anxious, like how do we turn that into a superpower? I also agree that 30% is probably undercounted, but you know, these are people who are diagnosed, right? And we know so many people are underdiagnosed and it's in my experience higher. And we know that half of Americans say they're struggling with burnout and actually 90% of Americans think there's a mental health crisis in this country. So kind I of that. <laughs> staggering, staggering numbers. But here's the number that I want listeners to take away. 86% of people say their job <laughs> is a contributor to poor mental health. 
Yeah. I mean, that it's, you know, when you hear it, it's so impactful. And yet I think, I I mean, I would agree that that, that's how we spend so much of our time and our life, right? Is, Is around work. And these conversations don't seem to happen there. No. So, so why can anxiety be a superpower? Look, anxiety itself is not a superpower. Anyone who has dealt with anxiety knows that sometimes it really sucks. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. can debilitate you. It can distract you. It can make you not take risks. You know, anxiety can be terrible. Anxiety can be really debilitating. But when you stop hiding from your anxiety, stop wishing it would go away or stop acting it out mindlessly like a lot of us do, you know, grabbing that extra snicker bar or (laughs) having that shot of vodka or just avoiding or micromanaging and trying to control things, being perfectionistic. When we actually name our anxiety Frank, I love that, such a great example, and interrogate it. And ask it, what are you trying to tell me? Why are you here? Why is this happening when I see this email pop up on my screen? When you take the time to listen to it, notice it, and then manage it, it becomes your superpower. Wow. Because it builds resiliency, compassion, empathy, And most important, those of us who walk with anxiety can also use our anxiety. It has energy. It builds flow and creativity if we can take the good pieces of anxiety and lose all the bad ones. I want to get in just a little bit to the how we manage it part. Um, But first, I want to just maybe take a little step back for those listening how do we know if we actually have anxiety? Is there a way we can recognize what it is or how it shows up or what it looks like? That's such a great question. You know, anxiety is a 360 reaction for many of us. It's a body and mind reaction. It happens because our nervous system senses a threat. So anxiety can feel like stress and it can feel like fear, right? But it can be a rush. It can be a sense of tingliness and butterflies in your stomach. It can be when your chest tightens or your muscles clench. So physically, start paying attention to how your body reacts when you feel anxious, And the feeling of anxiety itself, again, it can take different forms. But for many of us, it is that rush, our adrenaline rushes. We feel both more awake and yet more worried. It's really a feeling of what a lot of us would call worry, dread, a sense that what's happening next is bad. And isn't it interesting, um, you know, as I've struggled with my anxiety over the years and worked with many people who have money anxiety, because so many of us, um, so many of us do, we'll get to that in just a minute. But I think it's interesting how 
you can disconnect very easily about what's happening in your body. And then when you start to pay attention to like, oh my gosh, all of these things I'm feeling or sensing or I mean, all sorts of things, or even just how I'm interacting with people. When you start to really tune into that, it's like, oh my gosh, (laughs) there's a lot of anxiety there and I don't know what to do with it. But we just sort of, I think we sort of walk around in society like detached from, you know, what is actually going on in our body. So I love that you bring it back to this, this awareness. So many of us are raised to detach and we're so uncomfortable with talking about bad emotions and bad feelings. Like emotions aren't bad or good. They are. I'll never forget. I talked to a salesperson who said that he didn't realize he had money anxiety until he got the feedback from a couple clients that they felt like he was trying to rush them through. Mm, And he realized it was because he was anxious talking about the figures because money made him anxious and it was showing up in how he worked. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is 
always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. It shows up in ways that we work every day. Yeah, I've been so super passionate about, you know, helping people understand the connection between mental health and your relationship with money and, you know, kind of how normal it is to feel negative or to have bad thoughts about money, that that Mm -hmm. is something that we all kind of share in common. There was just this poll that was out and it said that 77% of Americans still, I think that number is probably higher, but (laughs) 77% of Americans reported that they were feeling anxious about their money situation. So, you know, I, I'm curious, why do we put people in this box of of not normal when we talk about anxiety? Like, what does that happen? I really don't know, but my my <laughs> my research and my learning and my interviews have led me to believe that we conflate anxiety somehow with weakness. Yes. Because we conflate it with vulnerability. And we have this outdated notion, especially in America, that the successful people are strong. They never waver. They are not vulnerable. They are not uncertain. And so we worry that if we feel a bit wobbly, I like that word, wobbly. (laughs) Wobbly, that we're not strong. We're not leaders. 
Which is ridiculous because honestly, when you just take the news cycle of the past month and you think, who could not be uncertain in this world? Exactly, right? I, I'm going to start using, I'm going to borrow that word wobbly. I like that's that. That's a great word. <laughs> that's, that's how I'm going to start describing myself. Uh, but you say in the book that, you know, unmanaged anxiety, that it can turn into destructive forces. So, you know, whether it's overwork or perfectionism, certainly something I can relate to, um, micromanagement, unhealthy diets, drinking, substance use, like all of these things um, impact the, you know, the, the workplace experience that we all kind of operate in. So, you know, going back to this idea of, of managing, what are some ways that we can manage our anxiety or deal with it in a really healthy way so that it, it doesn't become destructive? Yeah. I mean, I want to say first, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. I believe that professional help and therapy can be life-changing, you know? And so if you're listening and your anxiety or any mental health challenge is really getting in the way of your daily life, get help because there are effective strategies. This stuff is proven, right? And so the first step as in all things, is is noticing and saying, I think I need help. Maybe I can't do this alone. And that's a courageous step. And, you know, I know the first time I said to somebody, I think I have anxiety or I think I'm having panic attacks. Like it felt scary to even just voice that. Yeah, it is scary. It's terrifying. Also, because when you feel anxiety, you feel like the future's going to be bad or sometimes you feel that you're bad. And those are terrible. We don't want to feel that way. I mean, our brain will do anything to make us not feel that way. And that's why we react with coping mechanisms, like you just said, because we don't want to feel that way. And so our brain dives in and our brain says, I remember the last time that you had a shot of vodka when you felt this way. You, you didn't feel this way. So so let's have a shot of vodka. <laughs> right? And and again, it's very courageous. And trust me, I still struggle with this, but it is very courageous to say, I'm not sure that having that next shot of vodka is really going to serve me. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, you know, if we bring it back a little bit to money, I've worked with so many people in particular couples, I find Mm -hmm. where, um, you know, they might be arguing about money. And when we when we peel back the onion layers and we kind of get to the, the foundation, it's that there is a lot of anxiety that that exists in in the relationship around money, around expectations, around, you know, past family trauma that was passed down, or I mean, it could even be, you know, that they wanted to spend money on something that they thought the other partner, you know, was was gonna judge or something. And, you know, when we get to that sort of bottom layer and and the reality that it's really anxiety that exists there, you know, for me, that's the place where you can, you can start to make some change and you can start to bring in some healthy habits and routines and those sorts of things. But if we take it top level, we would say, oh, this couple's just fighting about money. And that's just, that's just what couples do. Or, you know, we could plug in any any scenario in that in that situation, but you know, particularly around couples is where I see it show up a lot. I mean, it's huge. And and you know, of course, why wouldn't we be anxious about money? Because money is a huge value in our society. We're anxious about things that we care about. 
And we grow up with money stories in our family, many of them dysfunctional. I am the child of divorce. And what did my parents use as the weapon in their divorce? Money. Money. (laughs) So of course I learned money is, is something big and scary, but very important. And there's never enough. And then we have our own expectations. I feel like expectations is a really important word here because expectations make us anxious. Both other people's expectations or what we think are other people's expectations and then our own expectations, which may be internalized over many years, right? Or maybe our own. That makes us anxious if we feel like we can't live up to those expectations. Yes, I think which which brings us back to this this word of, of achiever, Mm-hmm. I, I can think back in my childhood. Um, I, I have a brother who's uh, five years older than I am, but you know, my dad was very much like, "You're a girl, but that doesn't mean that you can't do X, Y, and Z." So somehow, like, I translated it into, "I have to be number one, and mm. I have to achieve more than anyone else." And you know, I can remember even as a kid, I didn't have the word anxiety to describe it, but I felt a huge amount of pressure to be an achiever. And if I yeah. didn't achieve that somehow I wasn't worthy. And I would just, I would imagine mm-hmm. that, you know, so many people listening might kind of share that that sentiment. And, you know, I know there aren't a, a lot of books out there that talk about, you know, anxiety in in the workplace. Tell, tell us a little bit about how you brought uh, this book to life and maybe, you know, some of your favorite like nuggets from the book. <laughs> um, I'm just laughing, Shauna, because of course your story is my story. I think it's a lot of people's story. And and then and then you sort of wake up and you're a grown up and you're like, where did I even get the notion that I always have to be so special? <laughs> Seriously. It's a heavy burden. I mean, it's, you know, still to this day, I'll do something. And, um, you know, my husband will say something to me and he's like, you know, you don't have to have the perfect answer. And I'm, I'm like, well, I, I mean, I think I understand that, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's so convoluted from, from this idea of, of being an achiever. I know. I know. I mean, you know, I, I I got this book both out of my lived experience, but um, I have always been fascinated by work. I have wanted to become a workplace um, psychologist, actually, for almost 20 years now, and started graduate school and a um, couple times, <laughs> but life got in the way. So I am passionate about helping people figure out how to work in the way that fits and suits who they are. And that sounds simple, but really, I think that's one of the hardest things to do. And work is made for an ideal version of people, (laughs) sort of a one size fits all commodity. And the truth is, is that we're different and we have to work differently. And if you have anxiety, if you have depression, if you have any mental health challenge, if you have ADHD, if you are on the autism spectrum, if you like me have bipolar disorder, you have to work differently. It doesn't mean you can't be successful or whatever you want to be, but you have to figure out, unfortunately, because people aren't going to maybe figure it out for you. How do I make this an equation that works for me? And then the other thing I want to say is that 
our society is really unfair. It's really biased. We have systems that are deeply unfair. And so if you are a person who is other, who is historically marginalized, you know, if you're a person of color, if you're a woman in finance, if you're different, anxiety is much more likely because you're butting up against biases and systems that weren't made for you. And we all want to change the system, but also we have to learn a, that it's not, it's not just us, but also like, yeah, I'm anxious. I'm anxious for a reason. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I think back, I, I had very few actually, I think two, I had two corporate jobs in my entire career. <laughs> the rest has been entrepreneurial, which that in itself is just, you know, an anxiety equation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think back of, you know, when I was in the corporate world and how, you know, what you're saying, it was it was this model of how you were supposed to work and even, you know, the hours you were supposed to work. And I think one of the hardest things for me is even being an entrepreneur, I still sort of equate to, well, I'm supposed to work eight hours a day or nine hours a day, or I'm supposed to feel exhausted after work or, you know, whatever those sort of social norms around work and the way we work um, are, or they're not even, I don't even know if I call them norms. It's just the, I guess maybe the expectations. Expectations. Yeah. And then, you know, butting up against that and saying, well, what if I could get my work done in two hours or three hours a day? And what if I don't have to feel exhausted after work or st- or chronically stressed out? I mean, it's it really takes your brain for a little bit of a loop, but it it shows you just what you were saying that the expectations they're going to put on us that in itself creates this great deal of anxiety. And for most of us, we just don't know what to do about it. We're used to it, you know. I mean. <laughs> It's so true. I mean, we 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 have expectations, and I and I feel like especially after the pandemic and everything we've been through, you know, we're so used to feeling anxious a lot. We're used to having our boundaries just crushed. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I've noticed this new trend with my clients of people just dialing into conference calls on their days off. And being like, yeah, yeah, I'm on PTO today, but this is a really important call. Like, when did that become normal? Why is that normal? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we 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 don't we we don't honor the the time off that that we have. You know, it's just I think we feel because the anxiety takes over. It feels mm-hmm. like, well, I've just I always have to be on or always have to be ready. And it's, um, you know, and I I know that my anxiety it shows up in in like everything in in relationships and the way I work and, you know, weird things will come up in my body. I'm like, oh, wait, maybe that is anxiety showing up in my body, you know? So I think it's really interesting. Um, Something else I wanted to talk to you about, we've talked about this idea of perfectionism, but I want to talk a little bit about um, criticism and and feedback and Mm. imposter syndrome. And I think especially with you know, being in a workplace where, you know, people are ranked by titles. Um, and then if we take that off to social media or whatever it might be, you know, these these come up and c- can create um, anxiety. So I know I I really suffer from this idea of, of criticism and doing something wrong. And we kind of talked about this a little bit, but, you know, are there any strategies, you know, just kind of asking personally of of how do you deal with these things in a way that you don't let, you know, criticism or feedback create more anxiety. This is a huge theme in the book and, and we talk a lot about it. We talk about getting stuck in thought traps. And this is something that we anxious achievers have probably been doing habitually all our lives and you just talked about it. You know, it's also that question of like what whoever told me I was never allowed to make a mistake. 
I Whoever's- really want to know who this person is. <laughs> <laughs> who told me I couldn't have a bad day or do a bad project like everyone else does, right? And so I think a big piece of the work is is really, I mean, we laugh about it, but is is kind of asking yourself that question, like, where did I pick up this ridiculous, like, if, if my colleague got a number wrong in a presentation, would I think they're the dumbest, worst person in the world and want to fire them? No. I would hope not. <laughs> no, I'd be like, oh, they made a mistake. If I did it, oh my God. Yeah. Worst, and, like, world ending. I, yes. Definitely getting, and as an entrepreneur, the pressure is even bigger. And so that's a thought trap. That's a thought trap called catastrophizing or emotional reasoning. You know, we get stuck in these automatic thoughts that make us afraid to get bad feedback, sometimes even to take risks. Or we feel like an imposter when the light shines on us. And the thing is, these are all habits. You can break them. How do we, yeah, how do we do it? <laughs> how do we get out of the thought trap? You practice and you say, oh, wow, I'm getting stuck in a thought trap. I get stuck in catastrophe thought traps around money. That's my big thing. Oh, I'm right there with you. You're in good company. <laughs> right? I, I get a letter from the IRS before I even open it. I'm getting yeah. audited. Oh, you're just, oh, yeah. Oh, I have myself like in jail before I even open it. I'm like, in jail. I'm like, I'm- I'm yeah, in jail. This is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm in jail. The, I see a number, I see a headline about the stock market. I'm never retiring. Yeah. And so the practice is okay, Maura, you're catastrophizing. You do this around money. You know you do this. But let's look at some facts here. Facts are a really good way to break that thought trap, you know, and um, you can show yourself some numbers. You can call a friend or a partner and say, like, really worried about this and they'll give you some information. I used to do that with my business partner all the time. I would when COVID hit, I was like, that's it, we're going broke. We're, our business is dead. And she pulled up some numbers and she's like, no more. I think, you know, here's what's happening. That's called balanced thinking. Mm, yeah, I like that. And so it's shifting away from the black and white, all or nothing, we're all going down thinking into balanced thinking. That's not Pollyanna thinking. Like maybe that IRS letter is going to have some bad news. The other thing is that when we get stuck in the thought trap, we tend to be impulsive, right? Yes. Especially around money decisions. It's all going bad. So let me just go and right. do something else. Yeah. Yeah. Or let, let me buy that handbag because exactly. I'm never retiring anyway. So here's the thing. It's about learning to wait and be patient and sit in that discomfort a little bit. And that that's something, yeah, that's something I I feel like we're not we're not very good at, right? No. We're not good at just sitting in it and letting it exist. And that that's one of the things in, in therapy that I learned was, you know, sometimes just sit there and let it be really uncomfortable, but you're gonna be okay. And it's usually a moment, and the mm-hmm. moment usually will will pass fairly quickly, and then you'll be on to something else. Exactly. Or you can also play out a scenario, you know, and sort of, this is really helpful when you know that maybe you're not being realistic with your thought trap that maybe like, am I really going to get fired because I made a mistake in that report? Again, would would my colleague if they did it? How would I feel? Again, it's about having honestly, the courage to sit with it. 
instead of immediately acting. So Maura, you have this this incredible background. We've kind of already talked about it. You've helped, you know, so many high profile people in leadership and consulting roles. And you're also like me, a podcast host, a writer, a speaker. So I want to hear I want to hear more about your background, what led you to this work in, around anxiety. But first I have to ask you this really interesting factoid I found that you helped Hillary Clinton log on to her first online chat. I did. I did. <laughs> what was that in, like? In 1999. Wow. <laughs> um, I worked for iVillage.com, which I don't know if, if, if you or listeners remember. I'm dating myself. But in Web 1.0, iVillage was huge because it was a community. It was message boards and content for women. It was the internet's largest community for women for over a decade. And we had a politics vertical. And um, it was the election of 2000. And Hillary Clinton was running for Senate in New York. It was a big deal. And so um, we did a chat with the women of iVillage and Hillary. And I flew to Buffalo, New York. I will never forget it in a snowstorm. (laughs) And Hillary was staying at her best friend from Wellesley's house while she was campaigning in Buffalo. And we sat on the guest bedroom bed of Hillary's college roommate's house <laughs> and logged on and did this chat with iVillage. And like 20,000 women showed up. It was amazing. Oh, wow. I know. What a great story and probably a great moment. It was, well, I was young. I mean, it was, but it, what it did for me was two things. I was always a political junkie. So it reaffirmed my love of politics. But what I learned at iVillage is what I still do today, which is that we can connect online around what we care about, especially in really powerful ways, and that networks are the key to life. Like I would not be anywhere. I would not have my great career if it weren't for my network. And I'm a suburban mom. I work from my home office. I have for 17 years. Like I'm not, you know, living in the middle of New York City, living the high life, but I have an incredible network that I keep up online and it's been everything for me. Wow. I mean, I can imagine you've, you've worked with so many, so many really cool, fascinating, interesting people. So, you know, how did you, how did you go to the, Know, the point of okay, I want to make I want to make anxiety you know platform <laughs> that I that I talk about really openly in this way. I know you know my first career was as a movie publicist, so I worked with movie stars, um, and quickly realized that was not for me. <laughs> I um, I was anxious. I've been a, I've had a clinical diagnosis of anxiety since I was nineteen years old, so it was something I managed actively. If I didn't manage my anxiety and my depression. I would not be able to function, you know. Um, there were many times I couldn't function, in fact. And part of the reason why I've had such an interesting all over the place life is that I just was trying to heal. Like I, I, I would start a new job. I would sometimes even move, I'd move to a new city. I, I moved, I moved to London for four years. I would come to a new country, whatever, in hopes that I could heal, that I would feel better, that I wouldn't be so anxious and depressed all the time. And the truth was, you know, wherever wherever you go, there you are. Yes. <laughs> um, but because I'm such an achiever, I I sort of bounced back. And, you know, 
here's the thing. I'm 46 years old. I've come to cherish my anxiety. It's part of who I am. It isn't going away because I trust me, I've tried every medicine and the therapeutic modality. <laughs> and it's part of who I am and it makes me who I am. And we have a love-hate relationship and that's okay. And I, I love the acceptance around things that make you different too. You know, when, when I when I talk about money on this show, I try to talk about it from a very holistic place. And mm-hmm. I try to help everybody feel like, you know, let's look at our mistakes from a different perspective. Let's look at where they where they got us to and where we're at and and how we're able to survive and go on to the next day. And I, you know, so much of it is just I find an acceptance and, you know, I think anxiety is just another one of those those pieces. And I think they make us more fascinating and more unique and more just human. Anxiety is truly a human emotion. It is a primitive emotion. And the more we accept that, we need anxiety. Like if, if we never had anxiety, nothing would get done. We, we, we truly do have to accept it. And that doesn't mean we have to succumb to it. But like everything in life, we learn. Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, gosh, you've you've shared so much with us today. You know, whether we're a leader in the workplace or we're on a team or, you know, someone like myself that that works uh, for myself and, you know, holes up in a room to <laughs> chat with some really interesting people every week. You know, what are what are some action steps that we can take today or really start to take to harness this power of our anxiety? Well, my first recommendation is if you feel it, don't ignore it. Because when you ignore it or try to control it, it just bounces back harder, you know? So again, it is really about that noticing, naming, and taking steps. I know a lot of us just wish it would go away, even with a pill, but it may not. And so that's an acceptance piece. Um, And if you live with anxiety, think about when your anxiety has helped you. (laughs) You know, have you been on deadline and you've been anxious and your anxiety has given you focus and energy to do a really great job, right? Has your anxiety pushed you to take risks and grow? I mean, you and I are both entrepreneurs. And even though we're anxious, sometimes I truly believe that that anxiety pushes us forward. Exactly. Yes. You know, and so it's, it's, it's about, it's about doing the work to manage it, but also understanding that it may be part of who you are and it may be a part that you don't totally want to quash. Whoever told me that I wasn't allowed to make a mistake, that's something I grapple with every day. And I love that Moore shared this big looming question for an anxious achiever like me. It's a real tough one. Do you struggle with perfectionism and negative feedback the way I do? It's hard, right? But I'm going to take a lot of Moore's words and suggestions to heart going forward so I can turn my anxiety into something that just works for me. So come along, join me in this pursuit. If you want to grab a copy of Moore's book, Anxious Achiever, or check out our podcast with the same name, 
you can head to our website, theanxiousachiever.com. You can also connect with her on LinkedIn. If you have a question, send her a message and she'll write you back. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a few of your other friends who are maybe a little bit anxious achievers. As always, you can head to the show notes for all the links to our episode guests, as well as the sponsors who make this show possible. See you back here in a few days, my friend. <music>